Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. This is Chris, and my guest today is Albert Santolo with 8Base. Welcome, Albert. Thank you, Chris. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Albert, tell us about your background. Well, I'm an I'm an engineer by background. Uh, it's been a long time since I coded software, but that's that's where I started. And it was sort of the defining uh, thing for me in terms of the rest of my career. I, uh, I started out in fintech and uh, later on in healthcare technology. And uh, along the way, did management consulting as well with uh, large companies in all sorts of different industries, uh, and then founded two venture-backed companies, uh, Avicenna and CareCloud, which uh, were okay. both healthcare technology companies, or, or they both are to healthcare technology companies. And um, sort of the common the common thing in my background in 30 years of experience has really been a you know enterprise software. And so uh, when I thought about what I was going to do next. It occurred to me that you know we've built the same thing over and over again for 30 years, in my opinion, and so that was really the genesis of 8Base, which is all about making enterprise software easy. And how does 8Base make the enterprise software easy? What's different from your your previous experience? Well, in in prior efforts, right, it was always about let's embrace the newest technology and let's build it from scratch. And uh, a lot of the work that you did was really about sort of the computing infrastructure, uh, the application level infrastructure, 
And it wasn't until you were about 80% into it that you would start working on the specific problem that you were trying to address. <clears throat> and in many cases, you had spent a lot of money by that time and a lot of time. And sometimes the opportunity had sort of shifted on you. So, you know, our belief is that you should make all of the kind of common elements of enterprise software into uh, a service and allow developers uh, build specifically what they're trying to do. And in our in our case, we believe we take it a step beyond that and say that it should be citizen developers. And what we mean by citizen developers is essentially people of limited technical proficiency that don't know how to code but know what they want, right? So these are people in businesses, big or small, that know the problems that they're trying to solve. And so we give them tools to solve those problems by themselves without having to contract with developers. Let's go back for just a minute. Tell us about the common elements of enterprise software. Yeah, so it would be things like, you know, all software has role-based security. All software has authentication uh, capabilities like document management, uh, things like, you know, analytics, workflow, rules, communications, messaging, uh, the list goes on and on and on, not to mention the computing infrastructure itself, which in many cases is, is a big challenge. So we abstract all of those and make them into services. Okay. And so going into the citizen developers, what services specifically do you see uh, the citizen developers looking at first or typically most? So citizen developers, what they use is what is our app builder. And our app builder is, you know, basically tools that are really, really easy for, for people, normal people to understand. And they can, you know, build those applications using a visual interface. Um, and, and they end up with beautifully designed software that, that also doesn't have, you know, uh, you know, they can't screw it up with it, even without hiring designers. Now, is there is there a common direction that they typically go, or um, is it kind of all over the place? What let's get into more of what they they're looking for. In terms of direction, uh, not not sure I follow. Um, in terms of like specific, um, you know, specific elements that we were talking about earlier. Are, are they pursuing just like the communications path or, you know, are they pursuing just one of those things? Or are they kind of pursuing everything? Oh, I, yeah, I got you. No, not, usually it's, it's, it's a lot of those things or all of those, you know, it's, okay. it's, you know, modern software tends to need to be comprehensive. You know, we expect a lot of these, um, you know, we use software you know, almost at every, within every hour of our lives is, right? If you, think, if you think back 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. But with the advent of mobile phones and uh, applications that run on them, you know, we, we expect a lot from applications. And so as those demands have increased, the complexity of putting together software has gotten, you know, exponentially more difficult. But in general, the world, you know, platforms and APIs have, has made it easier as well to construct these things. Okay. So we leverage those things to bring that platform forward and make it so that normal people can consume it without developers. Now let's talk more about the, the specifics of what makes your platform work. Well, under the hood, we, um, we leverage a lot of kind of the modern componentry you might expect exist out there, things like Amazon Web Services, the Google Cloud. Uh, Twilio and Stripe, you know, that are part of sort of the API economy, uh, many open source platforms, and then blockchains as well. You know, the blockchain uh, element of this, you know, cannot be denied at this point. It's disrupting business models. And, 
it, it's a very, very essential component of software that we need to, to consider. Uh, we haven't tied ourselves specifically to one blockchain, but rather have you know, created the ability for connectors to be built that, that can connect to any public or private blockchain. Okay. And going into the field of blockchain, I mean, that's, a, that's you know, definitely we're at the cusp of the revolution on that. What specific elements are you looking to um, take advantage of blockchain with? Well, it's, you know, not every, so let, let's begin with not every problem requires blockchain as part of the solution. And, uh, in, in, you know, a lot of people might make it seem that way, but that's not the case. And so what we do is we sort of abstract that complexity away and make it so that uh, developers don't need to know an awful lot about blockchain to be able to, to use it in their, in their solutions. And so we help them decide when blockchain is needed and and what specific blockchain might make the most sense for them based on the problem that they're addressing. Can you give us an example of when they might use blockchain? Sure, sure. So a great, you know, generically a great example is when they need to create an immutable record of something uh, or an immutable ledger. So imagine a situation where universities, for instance, were issuing degrees and um, those degrees created an immutable record of their diploma, and that immutable record could be incorporated into people's LinkedIn profiles. Um, because today, you know, I could I could put that I have a Harvard MBA or a degree from MIT, and it would take for somebody to actually dispute it. Um, but you know, if you had an immutable record of it, it would it would you know you wouldn't have to worry about those things, right? So there's a lot of fraud that exists in this area today because of it of a lack of this type of solution. So that could be something that could be pretty easily stood up with an e-base. And, you know, the examples of things like that go on and on. You know, it could be uh, real estate, um, you know, basically uh, deeds and things like that that could be recorded in the blockchain as an immutable record and could be, you know, bought and sold without having to worry about, you know, a trustee or an escrow agent or title insurance living in the middle of those transactions. Very good. Yeah, the the education verification is that's the first time I've heard that example. So that's that's a that's a very cool thing. Um, I know that ID specific um, problems are are definitely closely blockchain related, and and that's an easy pursuit. What other kind of identification um, things similar to the education background um, do you kind of see happening? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, and, and, you know, there are some specific companies addressing some of these things, companies like Civic, for instance, that, you know, I mean, identity is a big, big issue in the world, whether you think about them as driver's licenses or passports or, you know, whether you're going through TSA or any of these things, right? Having a, a universal identity um, that's immutable and can be, you know, and is not forgeable, right, uh, would be would be a huge advantage for all of us. Uh, health records is another big, big opportunity, right? Because health records today, really, they're really hard to keep, really hard to share. Uh, they can be easily forged. So blockchain can be a great solution for that type of thing as well. Now, going back to um, recommending where customers use blockchain or uh, another solution, what's an example where a, a customer might, might come into um, using a, your platform and thinking, okay, I definitely need to Google blockchain but they haven't particularly thought through um, other solutions that, that might kind of outdo it. Can you give us an example of something like where you might steer them in a, a different direction? Well, we the way we attack the problem is sort of like an architect would attack you know, building a house, right? 
it's you know the 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 buyers of the of the house you know they sort of know what they want but they need somebody to guide them through the process and they're not actually prescriptive around building materials of their house right they're letting the architect listen to their requirements and what drives their thinking and then the architect is figuring out exactly what building materials and design and so forth goes into the house and so that's you know we serve at ebase the system serves as the architect and the builder. And so we kind of have our own way of listening to the requirements, and then we come back with the technologies that best serve it. These can be blockchain or otherwise. But, you know, we are the arbiters of sort of that methodology. And we think that's, yeah. a, by and large, a, a far more scalable model than what exists today, which is let's go find ourselves blockchain developers, which are few and far between, uh, and the ones that do exist typically tend to be, you know, wealthy individuals because they were investing in cryptocurrencies from, from the early days. So they don't necessarily need to work and they work on things that they want to work on. Uh, and so most people are just, you know, in serious, you know, serious shortage of, of these individuals. And so we really help sort of level the playing field and democratize the space. Okay. So what do you think are some near-term uh, development that you'll see in this particular space? So, you know, I kind of mention it along two tracks, right? So we we are um, competing in an area called no-code and low-code development platforms. Right. Uh, you know, low-code would imply that, you know, we're a productivity tool for software developers. Uh, no-code would imply that we sort of cut the software developers out of it. Um, we sort of play in both areas, and I'll explain what that means. So, in the no-code area, we enable citizen developers to build on their own, right? And in the low-code area, we allow uh, you know regular developers to use what's called our serverless chassis, which sits under the app builder. And they can consume that and build applications very, very easily without having to worry about the complexity of the backend. And then they also have the ability to extend our platform, which is a very unique capability. So in other words, 8Base gets more powerful as developers all over the world add capabilities to it, and then they're able to earn compensation in the process by selling that upstream to citizen developers that might want to consume it. So we sort of create this whole 8Base economy inside of the 8Base platform, and developers and citizen developers both win in that process. We, um, you know, we think about blockchain and otherwise, right? And we're we're all under this digital transformation movement that's going on today. And when I when I say digital transformation, I'm talking about, you know, not only the fact that new technologies have have emerged and they can be used by businesses to make them more efficient, but in many cases these technologies that have emerged threaten existing business models and threaten the you know the, the future existence of, of businesses today. And so businesses small and large need to think about how digital transformation and these new technologies, you know, uh, help them, right, and, and cause them to rethink the way they do things. And then when it's time to actually implement, that's where A-Base comes in. So we make digital transformation for most companies a heck of a lot easier and a lot more expensive, a lot more, for, a lot more inexpensive, a lot more affordable than the solutions that are out there today, which typically have to be strung together. They're typically very expensive. They come from players like Salesforce.com, which, which again, is very expensive and hard to integrate. And we make it so that you have this very flexible software that you can customize uh, and the business people themselves can do it without having to hire developers. So we, you know, yeah. it's estimated that $2 trillion is spent in this area in the next five years. 
and we think that we can be a very, very significant player in elevating you know, the technology capabilities of businesses all over the world. Where are you in the use of um, or gaining that widespread use of 8Base? So we've been working on the software for about a year, and we're getting ready to release the first product, which is the serverless chassis, uh, next month, in the month of April. So um, we're very excited about doing that. We're going to release it on a limited basis, and then general release should be uh, a couple months after that, and um, and begin using it with clients and, and essentially really, really refine the product as we're also completing the app builder, which will be released later this year. And again, the, the serverless chassis is the product for developers, and the app builder is the product for citizen developers. Okay. And those two tracks that you mentioned earlier. Um, yep. Yeah, so very cool. That's kind of the the roadmap it looks like for the next year. Where do you see your company going um, beyond 2018? Well, we, we, you know, my dream would be that, you know, we're really, really making life better for businesses around the world in terms of modernization and uh, creating efficiencies, creating new opportunities. Um, I would love to see it happening all over the world. You know, we built the system as you know, multi-language, multi-currency from inception. We believe the opportunity outside the U.S. is enormous. And I would also love to, you know, what we call sort of the gig economy side of 8Base really take form, which is software developers extending capabilities and earning compensation in that process. A platform like this has never existed, which is essentially um, a very powerful underlying software platform that the world at large can continue to enhance. Therefore, it gets more powerful through a sort of crowdsource model. And at the same time, greatly, greatly uh, accelerates the development of software uh, into the hands of people all over the world. You know, mo- most of our competitors, at least the good ones, are these very enterprisey, expensive products that, you know, a company needs to spend in excess of a million dollars to acquire and then on an ongoing basis needs to hire consultants to, to utilize and implement. And that's just not the way the world is, is, is these days. You know, there, there's a handful of very large companies in the world compared to all of the small and medium-sized businesses in the world. And the truth is that the trend is small to mid-sized businesses, and we need to put these kind of tools into the hands of those people. Okay. Yeah, so the, what other trends are you seeing along with this, uh, this mid-sized development? So, um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of it talks, you know, is, is what I've mentioned earlier, right, which is disruption. It's like we're all, you know, business cycles are accelerating and we're all feeling the threats of disruption. You know, we talk about it in terms of our children, right? It's like what kind of jobs are our children going to be able to to get as we automate more and more, right? And so it, it's right in front of our faces. And the truth is that the most successful business today uh, probably has, a, you know, a guaranteed uh, life of no more than two years, without having to adapt to new market conditions, in my opinion. So that runway is getting shorter and shorter as things accelerate. And it's up to businesses to stay current with the latest and greatest and understand what it means to them and then pivot as needed. And so this this type of threat of digital transformation is uh, is very, very important. And, um, you know, I think that it's it's a never-ending journey, right? It, it's changing constantly. New, new technologies come out the threats change. And it's only a platform like this that is constantly evolving that can really, really be the solution. 
So um, this is, I guess, more of a semantical question. With with the uh, shorter time span, when do you think legacy or the the use of the word legacy will be phased out, or do you think that will will ever kind of occur when it comes to enterprise software or similar things? You know, it's uh, that's a great question. I never really thought about it that way, but I don't know that the word legacy ever disappears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if, first of all, there are, you know, I'll give you an example. In, 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 in my background in healthcare technology, you know, people were still as late as, you know, a couple of years ago implementing technologies that were ancient, um, you know, for the first time. And more than anything, I'm talking about hospitals that were implementing systems that were written in the 1970s uh, at great expense, at the expense of hundreds of millions of dollars because there was government stimulus money behind it and because it was only those older systems that had enough sophistication to be able to handle their needs. And so literally they were buying and implementing legacy from day one. So I think we got a long ways before those things, before legacy disappears. <clears throat> and if you think about it, there's even, you know, at this point, there's even internet technology that I would call legacy. You know, old architectures um, that were brought forth from the 1990s that are still today very, very successful companies, but haven't completely modernized. The beautiful thing about 8Base is that it's built like a chassis. Um, you know, think of it like a Tesla, right? It's uh, got interchangeable parts. It's really easy to maintain as new technologies come out. Or, you know, it's easy to, to swap out the old and bring in the new. And um, it's a very, very powerful architecture, much more powerful than the monolithic stuff that were, was implemented in sort of Internet 1.0, which is where, where most of our competitors were invented, you know, 15 years ago or so. Sure. Yeah. Well, hey, man, great, great thoughts today. Um, Albert, do you have any final words before we go? You know, what I would say is uh, we're just super excited after, you can, you know, I, working a year plus on a piece of software before commercializing it is, is uh, can be great, but it also can be, uh, you know, sort of nerve-wracking for impatient people like us. So we're super excited to release the product and uh, looking forward to all the feedback that we're going to get all over the world and using it. And uh, really looking forward to to watching the base ecosystem sort of be catalyzed by our initial effort. Great. And where can people find out more or contact you? Uh, so they can they can look for us at 8base.com. And contacting me is easy. Just CEO at 8base.com. Very good. And that's eight the number 8base.com. Yes. yes, exactly. Okay. Very good. Well, Albert, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. This was great. A lot of fun. Excellent. Albert Santolo with 8Base. Thank you, everybody, for listening in to the Future Tech Podcast. We will catch you here next time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. 
Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first. In their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, 